Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The offseason begins after being eliminated in six games by the Florida Panthers. Injury questions surrounding Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson. And changes are coming this summer. What might we expect them to be? Hi, everybody. It is Wednesday, May 18th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. In the end, The Caps gave it a good run against the President's Trophy-winning Florida Panthers, but didn't have the offensive firepower, at least not at 5-on-5, to finish the job. After leading 1-0 and 2-1 in the series, Washington this past Friday fell in Game 6 at home to the Florida Panthers in overtime and a fourth straight first-round exit after winning the Stanley Cup in 2018. Then they provided maybe a blueprint for Tampa Bay or another team to eventually shut the Panthers down. The Caps, for large portions of the series, were able to contain the Huberdos, the Barkovs, and the like, but they just didn't have enough to pull the upset. Yeah, I think compared to the past few premature playoff exits, John, I think the disappointment with this one from the Caps' perspective and what we may remember years from now when thinking back to this series is that it was a series that you can make the case the Caps let slip away. They were there. They were in it. At times they were in control and they certainly had their opportunities to pull off the upsets. You have to play close to flawless hockey against the Florida Panthers. And while the Capitals were really good for stretches in pockets, they just weren't good enough for long enough. And the Capitals, you know, and hearing them talk about a post series, they feel like they really let this one slip away, that they beat themselves, turnovers, self-inflicted miscues, etc., You open the door against a team like the Florida Panthers, they'll walk right through it. And they did. They took advantage. The Panthers did. You credit them. But to your point, Capitals may have laid a blueprint. They showed in stretches. You can clamp down defensively and really tighten up against that high-octane offense that is the Florida Panthers. So disappointment because they were there and they showed glimpses. They showed the upset was within reach, maybe. And ultimately, the three blown leads in games four, five, and six, I think that's what even years from now folks will remember and look back on when you think of this series the hip's not going to be 100 percent. that's that's something we all know and yeah i mean some days are good some days are are less good that's that's just life we'll see what's, what's going to happen we have some decisions to make the best thing i want to do is play hockey that's my life so uh, obviously i want to be back i want to be i want to be back to normal you know not worrying about this so we'll see what's going to happen At breakdown day, we learn more about players in Washington's top six that could be facing offseason surgery. That there, of course, is Nick Backstrom, who acknowledged what had been somewhat evident during the second half of the regular season and the series against Florida. His hip injury has hindered him quite a bit, and it's never going to be 100% right again. Rather sobering news to hear from number 19. So let's start with him, Ben. There was, to me, an ominous tone to what Nikki said there. It sounds like there will be more news to come as we get into summertime. But this has been a reoccurring issue for him now, and it's going to be very difficult for him 
to perhaps reach that level again that made him a 1,000-point scorer in his career. That, to me, was pretty tough to hear from this past weekend. Yeah, and that, to me, was the biggest thing we maybe take out of breakdown day. You know, I don't know if we fully appreciated just how difficult of a season it really was for Backstrom. You know, Brian McClellan even saying, quite frankly, that something must be done, something will happen because the status quo won't work. It's just not sustainable for Backstrom to play another season through the pain and the challenges that he dealt with this past year. He worked real hard to get himself ready each game night. It's just not something that's necessarily sustainable for Backstrom in the years ahead. So off-season surgery, certainly among those possibilities, those options, they kept saying they're going to explore all options. And you keep in mind, Backstrom didn't undergo surgery last summer instead relied more on rest and rehab and ultimately here we are and the hip remains a real issue so off-season surgery is an option and one that I'm sure will be strongly considered that being said you know McClellan was also asked the other day straight up is this potentially career-threatening that this hip ailment for Backstrom and he didn't deny it he just went back to the fact that they're going to explore all options but it was a very serious tone from both Backstrom and McClellan a real concern here for both on and off ice, you know, way of life for Nicholas Backstrom. This clearly is a real, real significant issue. And hopefully for his sake, he gets back to healthy and gets back to feeling more like his normal self. And hopefully we do see him back on the ice looking more like the Nicholas Backstrom we've been spoiled and accustomed to seeing over the years without having the pain and without having the the challenges that he really had to really, really fight through, even when he was back in the lineup the second half of the season. I mean, I have a pretty, pretty significant injury. I got to talk to the, the doctors. We've obviously been talking quite a bit, but we haven't said for sure that I will, but it's a significant uh, injury. So it'll be, it'll be some time. It sucks at this time of year, you're driving in, you see all the fans, like, you know, that's why I play. Like that, those are the, those are the games, you know, you try and play for your city and take pride in that. And that sucked. As if the news on Nick Backstrom wasn't bad enough, we learned that even if the Caps had outlasted Florida and made a significant playoff run, they weren't going to have Tom Wilson available for it. Much like hearing from Nick, you can hear the pain in Wilson's voice there when he wasn't able to help out the team like he wanted. He's in a different place in his career for sure, but Ben, he may be facing the prospect of knee surgery this summer And we'll have to wait and see what that means for him and the team as they prepare for next season. But far from ideal to hear that number 43 also in a bit rougher shape than we were led to believe initially during the Panthers series. And now maybe we await more word on that this summer too. Tough few weeks here for uh, Tom Wilson with the injury and then the reality that it's going to be a very long summer for him personally. And look, everyone loves to play in the playoffs, but I'll say to our listeners here, Tom Wilson, he really loves to play in the playoffs, right? John, how many times have we heard from Tom Wilson over the years? It's kind of one of his go-to lines, whether we speak to him in January or March or whatever time of year. He always says, I wish we could just fast forward and get right to the playoffs. And here we were, game one, series opener, first period. He's already making a difference. He drew a penalty. He scored a power play goal and then three shifts into the series. He ultimately gets injured, and we didn't see from him again the rest of the series. He wanted to come back so badly. You could hear it in his tone there. You know, he feels bad that he wasn't a part of it. He felt helpless having to watch, and he tried, even though the reality was that he would not have been able to come back at any point this spring. He tried. I don't know if he had kind of a Steven Stamkos 2020 Stanley Cup in mind, you know, the appearance 
that Stamkos had in the bubble where he played, what, one shift, really, Stamkos did. Wilson wanted to get back so badly, he just thought maybe he could beat the odds and get back on the ice somehow if the Capitals had continued to play on this spring. So he was certainly driven to get back on the ice. The fact that they're out now, it does allow him and the team to take a step back look at the options and at least make sure he's good to go for the start of next season. I will say, you know, we're talking about all these injuries and the harsh realities of everything, a sliver of optimism here. McClellan was quick to say whether Wilson undergoes surgery or not, the expectation is based on the time frame, based on the injury, he should be good to go for the start of next season. So at least you have that. And hopefully he's uh, fully healthy and in position to, to be able to do just that, Tom Wilson, and be good to go for the start of next year. Well, I mean, we've lost, you know, in the first round, last four years. So I think we're going to explore changes. Uh, I don't think anything's off the table. I mean, we're going to talk to different teams and monitor the trade market. Uh, we're going to identify free agents. Uh, we got to figure out our goalie situation. We got two RFA guys. Uh, so we got to make a decision on what to do there. And it's, you know, and fit it in under the cap, too. Some preliminary thoughts to kick us off here from GM Brian McClellan on another disappointing first-round exit and hinting on what may be to come. We'll drill down on some of those changes that we could see happening in a few minutes. But big picture, this team has more than just cosmetic changes that will need to happen before they can hit the ice again in September. Yeah, and heard from him suggesting, you know, nothing is off the table, four straight first-round exits. It's, it's not acceptable in these parts based on the expectations and, and the talent in place. From Brian McClellan's perspective, he's been aggressive before. You know, he's not afraid to make the big trade, a big off-season move. You think back years ago, acquiring TJ Oshie in the summer of 2015, Lars Eller in the summer of 2016, the off-season trades or something that Brian McClellan doesn't shy away from. So certainly uh, I would anticipate some, some shakeup. You know, there is salary cap reality, salary cap restrictions. That likely means other pieces on the way out, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, certainly I would imagine, uh, unlike in Toronto, John, where seemingly they're going to run it back, I think in these parts, uh, there is certainly the appetite to make changes and to adjust accordingly. And just a matter of, you know, where those changes specifically might come. And again, having to navigate around the salary cap realities. Inconsistent, I think, you know, it has been. I mean, we're going to explore. I mean, I think it's there's a couple guys. I don't know. It's a deep free agent market. You know, we'll talk to other teams and then we'll evaluate. I mean, I think, you know, they've both been pretty good, but not great. It, I mean, it could happen. I think it depends on the availability of other people and options sure, sure. and how we evaluate with our coaching staff on on uh, what we want to do moving forward. It was the biggest issue that faced the Capitals this season. We talked about it here on this show almost daily and ultimately in the words of the GM there, it was good at times, but not great. Tough to make a deep run with instability in goal. Now decisions need to be made. Both Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov are restricted free agents. Finding an acceptable veteran answer in goal elsewhere is easier said than done, but it's not hard to read the tea leaves on this one. If there's a veteran goalie that they like, one of the two goalies here this year won't be back. If the Caps wish to be a playoff team next season, they are going to have to get better goaltending than they got this season. No question about that. 
And that's why it's the top priority here on the off-season shopping list. The off-season to-do list is to address the goaltending position, ideally with a veteran. And before folks get too excited and look what's out there, as far as the free agents are concerned, it's a little bit of a thin class. There are high-end goaltenders that might be seeking long-term deals at, at big money. But as far as the Capitals are concerned, what they might be looking for in terms of somebody who could push one of the two younger goaltenders, somebody who could split time and maybe carry the load, but at least, you know, sort of a 1A, 1B situation, it might be thin via free agency. So, you know, McClellan acknowledged probably looking at the trade route as far as a goaltender is concerned. He didn't mention these teams, but we will. You look at a situation like the LA Kings. We're not saying this is what they're doing, but you look at a team like the LA Kings. They have a veteran in Jonathan Quick. They have a younger guy in Cal Peterson who's certainly pushing, maybe ready to take the reins. The Islanders are another example with Semyon Varlamov entering the final year of his deal. Ilya Sorokin certainly can carry the bulk of the workload with the Islanders. So you look at teams like that, situations like that, where maybe there is a veteran who's kind of being pushed out and seen as a reduced workload because of a younger goaltender already in-house. And, and maybe that becomes an option as far as the Capitals are concerned. And then which one do you bring back between Vanacek or Samsonov? Look, still a possibility they bring them both back, but certainly sounds like, to your point, if you read the tea leaves here, they're, they're going to look at their options. And if you are to move on from one of Vanacek or Samsonov, John, my thought is Samsonov, you might be able to acquire a little bit more I would think if you're a different organization, we often talk about Samsonov's ceiling and potential, the former first round pick, the pedigree. I would think maybe you can acquire a little bit more if you're the Capitals and Samsonov is the one made available potentially to other teams. And at the same time, you look at Samsonov and Vanacek and their salaries, and they are both RFAs. Vanacek could potentially provide the Capitals with a little bit more of a savings. In other words, Samsonov, based on their contract histories, probably due to make a little bit more moving forward than Vanacek. And I would think if you're up against the cap like the Capitals are, maybe that's something that bears keeping in mind as well, the potential cost savings if you do go that route, but certainly a, a story with legs here and a lot of angles and a lot of possibilities, but the appetite to shore up the position with a veteran, certainly uh, chief among the capital's priorities this offseason. Been a story with legs for a while, not going to change this summer as we head on toward next season. The older teams in the East had a rough time of it in the first round. All three of Washington, Pittsburgh, and Boston. They all put up a fight. The Pens and Bruins even got to a seventh game, but all three ended up getting bounced in the first round. The team's still alive in the East, Carolina, the Rangers, Florida, and to a lesser extent, the two-time defending champion Lightning, all have team speed and youth. When Brian McClellan talks about changes this offseason, the Caps aren't the only team that made the playoffs this year that need to make them. The Penguins and Bruins are facing similar issues, and how all three teams address their needs this summer might go a long way toward how quickly they all bounce back. Yeah, and the big questions with Pittsburgh, again, the headliners there, Malkin, Latang. it doesn't sound like they're going to be able to necessarily bring both of them back, so almost the end of an era for a Pittsburgh Penguins team, which is pretty thin as far as youth available to them. You know, it's the cost of doing business, not unlike the Capitals for years. You trade draft picks, you trade prospects for win now options and the Pittsburgh Penguins potentially 
paying the price in the years ahead, you know, not unlike the Capitals, four straight first round exits for Pittsburgh, but at the same time, not unlike the Capitals. They do mirror each other to an extent. You've got Ovechkin here. You've got Crosby locked up for another three years in Pittsburgh. There's still the appetite to keep the window open as long as possible, but certainly uh, not getting any younger are the Pittsburgh Penguins moving forward. The Bruins, you know, they intrigue me a little bit in terms of they do have young pieces there, part of their core, Pasternak, DeBrusque, McAvoy, Jeremy Swayman in goal. So a younger team. And the Bruins, it seems, they always seem to stay relevant over time here as their window has supposedly closed and they've lost the Tukarasks and the Krejci's and the Charas over the years. It seems that they always do a good job of kind of replenishing their core. I think they're looking for some secondary pieces there, but two teams that, uh, you know, along with the Capitals really for the last decade plus have been among the class of the Eastern Conference and just trying to keep those uh, proverbial windows open for as long as possible here. So as far as some specifics on players that likely won't return, might not return, just a little bit of a rundown here. You've got Michael Kempney, his contract up. Justin Schultz, his deal is up. He's a UFA. Marcus Johansson, same thing. Matt Irwin, Johan Larson, all UFAs of that group. Larson may very well be back. Likely, I think the rest would depart. As mentioned earlier, you've got the goalie under club control. Maybe one comes back. Maybe they both do. Carl Haglin has one year left if he's able to continue his career organizationally. Phoenix Copley has been a third goalie in the organization. His contract is up. Would think the Caps move on from that as well. But the real thing, Ben, is trying to get younger and faster after four straight first round exits since winning the cup back in 2018. How they do that. And when you talk about the guys that may not return, you're also talking about salary cap monies that you can put other places. And perhaps that is a bit of a starting point. I think first off, you're going to need to clear out cap space in in some capacity. And especially if you want to bring in a veteran goaltender and you consider the salary cap, the potential cost at that position. Look, I don't think this is going to be unlike past seasons, John, when whether it was uh, Marcus Johansson going back years ago, who was traded to New Jersey or Philip Grubauer to the Colorado Avalanche, Brooks Orpik's contract got traded to Colorado, Burakovsky as well. I don't know why they all go to Colorado, but all of those moves kind of made with salary cap clearance in mind, I think they're going to be in that situation this summer as well. I could be wrong, but I don't necessarily see one of the core veteran pieces you know, signed to long-term deals as far as the headliners. I don't necessarily see one of those contracts being moved. So you look at kind of the next tier and you look at a Lars Eller, you reference Carl Haglin, whether that contract is moved, whether LTIR is a necessity here in a way to, to potentially clear some salary cap space. I think you look at Eller, you look at Haglin, and I don't say this lightly, keeping in mind the impact that Eller has made in these parts over the past six years in the 2018 Cup run, but you want to get younger, and you look at two guys who saw time with the team this past season, Connor McMichael, who played north of 60 games, and Axel Janssen Fialbi. And I think whether it's Eller as a centerman and the desire to move McMichael into a full-time centerman role, you do potentially have an understudy ready to take that playing time. And similarly with Haglin and Axel Janssen-Fialbi, the understudy is there and at a much lower salary cap rate. So the pieces are there if you do potentially unload those contracts to give yourself the flexibility to address other areas on the depth chart. So the younger pieces are there. And I think there really is an appetite for Connor McMichael to add some muscle, to get bigger a little bit in the off season, to become harder to play against. But I think he's ready for a big step in year two. Martin Ferrivari as well on the back end. There's a desire for him to continue to improve and get better and continue to log big 
minutes. So the young pieces are there. The question is, how do you kind of create that salary cap space? And maybe it comes at the price of a couple of veterans. A lot of decisions coming up. We'll have them covered periodically throughout the summer as news breaks. It has been a labor of love putting this show together since September. We'll be taking a break here for a bit and get back at it from time to time before going full tilt again in the fall. But we thank you so much for listening to us all season. If you like what you've heard, please consider leaving a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We always appreciate hearing your feedback. We'll be back before you know it. And Ben, thank you for all your hard work here. More than 200 episodes of the show we have done now. Great job this season, partner. That's awesome, John, and always appreciated since we started this just over a year ago. We started it midway through the last season, and the feedback we get from our listeners, the messages we get on social media, especially when we're not around, if we're not around for a couple of days at a time or a weekend goes by without a pod, love hearing from folks, and we definitely do appreciate it. So if you've enjoyed listening, as John noted, you know, leave us a feedback, leave us a review, Apple, iTunes, etc., and uh, we'll look forward to cranking it up again, if not later this offseason, certainly for the start. The next season so thank you john as well for uh, putting this together in this initiative a lot of fun we'll be back at it at some point throughout the summer but in the meantime ben have a great off season will you happy off season happy summer everybody for the latest on the capitals and hockey news around the clock let's go Caps! tune in to caps radio 24 7 listen online via the capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.